0: Hi everybody, it's Colin. Welcome to episode 4 of the dmbnews.net podcast. This is the April 2014 episode, and I think it's safe to say that this guest is probably the most random guest we'll ever have. I was lucky enough to talk to Charlie Benante, the drummer for one of the biggest heavy metal bands of all time, Anthrax. It turns out he's a big Dave Matthews Band fan who has followed the band around since the 90s. We talked about how he got into the band, what his favorite songs are, and how the DMB concert scene is different from the Anthrax concert scene. He also shared some details about Anthrax's upcoming live DVD and their new studio album. You can follow Charlie on Twitter at Schism, that's S-K-I-S-U-M, and while you're there, make sure to follow us on Twitter too, at DMB Newsnet. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DMB News, and you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes as well my brother, who's a big heavy metal fan, noticed that you were wearing a caravan T-shirt in uh, one of your videos for The Devil You Know, um, and he let me know, and we wrote a, a post about it on dmbnews.net. Um, was that a conscious decision when you were filming that video to to represent DMB, or was it just a happy coincidence?
1: It was a, a happy coincidence, actually. <laughs> um, we were uh, rehearsing for, like, a tour, and then the the treatment for the video that we were shooting kind of, uh, like evolved around this whole, um, tour set up. And then the Yankee stadium show that was coming up like in a day or two. So we, uh, we all, you know, we're in New York and, uh, you know, just filming bits and pieces for the video. And then the, the crew came in to film some of the rehearsal and I happened to be wearing a, a caravan shirt and, uh, it was So it was a happy coincidence. It wasn't any, like, product placement or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so which of the caravans did you go to? Uh, I went to the ones that were in, uh, like, my area where I live now, in, in like, Illinois and Chicago. Uh, so I went to the ones there. I, I usually go to, every year I go to see uh, Dave at the uh, Alpine Valley show.
0: Oh, cool. I've never gone out there, but that's one of the uh, the big stops, and uh, there was a big uproar this year when they decided not to not to play there. Yeah, it was
1: weird, because it? it's like, uh-oh, they're not playing there. They're playing this other venue in Chicago now. So, But I know Dave, that's one of his favorite venues, the Alpine Valley one. Yeah, it looks
0: like they're playing somewhere new in Chicago, and then they're also playing Milwaukee, so I guess they went that route instead this year.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try and go to all of them, because uh, I'm really interested in this acoustic set that that he's going to do as well.
0: Me too, I think it's going to be really interesting um, you know, gives them an opportunity to maybe play stuff they haven't played in a while or, or take new spins on things that they have been playing for a long time.
1: Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, uh, it'd be you know, awesome to see that you know, because who knows if it's going to be a, a regular staple in what they're going to do in the future, you know do half of a set of this and some of a set of that, you know
0: Right. I mean, even if it's a, a total bomb, it's something different and unique. And I think, you know, if, if a band... You can probably speak to this, but a band that's been around for decades, like DMB or, or like Anthrax, you, there's probably a need to kind of uh, switch it up every once in a while and make things interesting.
1: I mean, I would love to see um, them pull out uh, a three-album set, uh, like do the first three albums, you know, uh, because there's... Uh, one of my favorite songs, uh, Drive In, Drive Out, is a song that they don't do much anymore. Um, and uh, I have so many versions of it throughout the years, and it's so it's so killer how they, uh, you know, that song evolved into, uh, you know, the way, of course, they play it night after night. And then I know they dropped it for a while, you know,
0: I mean, that song's pretty complex and has some unique rhythms. Um, Is that something that sticks out to you when you're listening to Dave?
1: That's one thing that that stands out in that song, is the drumming Um, and just his approach in that song, like, compared to the way they recorded it and then how it evolved live, the way he would change it up a bit, you know, um, which to me is just, like, uh, that's the most exciting part, you know, of that song is how he finds a different groove or a different way of playing it you know
0: right um, so you said you try to see them at Alpine Valley every year how many concerts uh, Dave Matthews Band concerts have you gone to
1: I lost count I don't even <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know I mean the first time I saw them was back in Jersey in like ninety, ninety-five, 95 maybe I oh wow um, so you've been following them for a long time yeah i've been I've been following it for a long time, and I remember when the first rolling stone cover and uh I was just trying to figure out um because something hit me right away with Dave Matthews, but I didn't quite understand the um I'll call it the caravan that was traveling around with him. Meaning his fans, because I I I did not really look like a Dave Matthews fan, or you know. But again, it's one of those things where you can't judge a book by its cover. Because if musically if something hits you, or or just or, or some appeal in it, it really doesn't matter to me how you look, um, because it's it's what's inside of you. If if his music hits me in a certain way, well, then so be it. You know but um, I do have a problem with some of his friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How rabid they can be? I know Dave's talked about that himself.
1: Um, Just in in the sense that uh, I've witnessed weird things happening at Dave Matthews' shows. Like, I've witnessed uh, just right in front of me when I was, you know, sitting outside at the show in in, in my seat I saw this dude just break out into dinner and during the show and this waiter came and just like brought him and his girl or whoever she was to dinner and I was just like really? This isn't dinner theater man this is like you know and and I was like I remember being quite annoyed about that because at our show if any kid anybody broke out into a little dinner sequence I'd be like stop (laughs) they'd
0: be wearing the food before they could have a chance to eat it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah, I mean some people do see it as kind of an event to be at and not um as part of the music, but I feel like any, you know, large mainstream act that that plays outdoors in the summer, you you see some of that, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't used to that.
0: No. That. No, it's definitely a different scene than I'm sure it is at, at your shows. Yeah, you know,
1: it's like hot, sweaty people, and then you don't really picture someone having, a, a, a you know, dinner served. I, I don't know. that just came across to me as so unrock rock and roll Yeah. Um, so
0: it's back in the 90s, and you're starting, you know, you, you hear Dave Matthews for the first time, and, and something catches you. Um, how did your fandom evolve to the point where you, you know, try to see them every year, and, um, you know, you really follow the evolution of songs and things
1: like that? Um, like for me, it's like, I'm, I'm the type of fan that whatever it is, uh, whether it be movies, music, or, you know, comic books or whatever, I'm like a, a completist where if I love something, I have to know everything it is about them and get whatever it is, you know, that they put out, I I have to have, because like I said, I'm very much a, a, a collector and a, and a completist. So, um, for me, like getting a lot of those warehouse CDs and uh, live tracks was uh, was um, was something that I didn't first jump on because I didn't quite understand what it was all about. But then I started to hear more and more about things like that, and then I started to get it. It kind of reminded me of uh, a few of my friends used to be really big Grateful Dead fans, and they used to always talk about X picks and stuff like that. And uh, and then I kind of liken the Dave Matthews thing to that, you know, where fans would you know, get bootlegs from different shows and yada yada yada, and then, uh so I started to get into a lot of that stuff, and I, I started to enjoy the different versions of songs that were coming out on these live tracks, you know and, uh and, you know, I was hooked.
0: You know, some bands do that, and it's not um really worth the fans time to buy everything, because a lot of it um, you know, is the same from night to night, but um, with Dave, it's not. You know, night to night, it's different, and then over the course of years, um, it's extremely different in, in how they play songs. So it's it's a worthwhile endeavor to to check out all the different versions that they put out
1: there. Yeah, e- exactly. Like, there's a period where um, uh, I, I this may come out weird, but there's a period of uh, of Dave Matthews where getting didn't really. Get into it that much, and that the period I'll talk about is when they added a keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't some of my favorite, I don't know, times for them. And I was really happy when Tim Reynolds became like a permanent fixture in, in the live shows. To me, it took it up way, way high because I think he's so underrated, he's just amazing, you know, and what he brings to the sound. It's just amazing, you know?
0: Um, It's definitely more of a rock sound now with Tim. What Tim brings to the table is rubbed off on a lot of the other band members. You can tell, like, Carter plays differently now because they're all feeding off each other, and um, it's a whole different atmosphere um, since Tim came back, I agree.
1: I totally, yeah, I totally see that, and and I feel it. And uh, the band just, like, for me, after... um, You know, before these crowded streets, to me was such a a a great record. Like I said, the first three records are just so amazing, and then there's a little period for me where it dropped off a little bit here and there, you know. Um, And then when they did, uh, I remember hearing the the Lily White sessions. Do you know that?
0: Yes. I think um, I was just reading on Twitter the other day. It's thirteen. It was thirteen years ago, like this week or something like that, that they got leaked out. I love that.
1: I love that the Lily White sessions. I just love that. I thought it was. Uh, uh, um, they were going back to maybe the older type of sound that they had with the first three records, um, and then um, that record came out. Uh, I remember liking that record a lot. It kind of got me back into that vibe of you know the first three records again. But then when they did um the Groo Grux King record, that to me is that became my favorite Dave Matthews record.
0: If you look at what the band was going through at that time, just to be able to to put that record out and, you know, have it do as well as it did is an accomplishment um in itself with everything that was going on behind the scenes. I mean that was a pretty trying time for the band.
1: Yeah, I guess the stuff that they were going through and then to lose a member of the band, the way that was, um, it was a pretty trying time. And who knew if there was even going to be a band, you know, after what some of the other things that were going on? But I was happy to see that. Um, it's sad that a death maybe brought them closer together, um, and the, the the product of it was that record. And like I said, that record to me is like probably my favorite Dave Matthews record.
0: So I want to go back to what you were saying before about, um, you know, you have a a certain look um, and that might not be the typical look you associate with a Dave Matthews fan and and not judging a book by its cover. Um, What's the reaction when, um, you know, like for instance, people in your band or other people in the metal community find out that you're uh, such a big fan of such a a different kind of music? Well,
1: it's funny how it, it happens when people find out that I am such a big Dave Matthews fan. It's like, it's almost like they also come out of the closet and and they'll write me about it. And I'm like, I love Dave Matthews. It's so cool. To, it's so refreshing to see that you do appreciate that type of music and you think they're so great. And of course, you know, in a musician's point of view, um, that is pretty much the thing that stands out with Dave Matthews band is the musicianship. If you're if you're a musician and you don't dig some of that stuff, then uh, I would question <laughs> how good of a musician you really are. But uh, I remember having this talk with with Dave uh, about um, every time we go to South America, I'll meet a South American fan that who also loves Dave Matthews. And I thought that was the weirdest thing when it first happened to me. It was like, oh, I love Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews is the greatest. And when I told Dave about that, my experience going down to South America and seeing our fans loving Dave Matthews, he's like, yeah, it's weird, man. We get a lot of metalheads when we play down there. And uh, I don't understand why it is, but um, I think they're just more open to things, and, you know, especially music wise, you know. I just think it's. Uh, it's like a musical freedom down there and there's no boundaries. They'll, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't, it's not like here where you have to be cool. You know, you, you, you can't say you do like that because you'll be, you know, uh, you know, outed.
0: And they have these huge festivals down there. I've seen some of the webcasts when DMB is playing and it's, you know, over a hundred thousand people there and it's, um, bands like Dave, it's hard rock bands. There's, um, you know South American bands, and I don't think something that's that diverse would really get that many people uh, here in the states. But down there, it's it's pretty commonplace.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It's and uh, they are so um, they're so hungry for music down there. And um, I mean, the first place that it really opened up for us, of course, was in you know Brazil. You know, you would go and do a rock and Rio or whatever it is. You know, but then other territories started to open up, and now we just shot our live DVD in Chile. And that was like, there were moments when I was playing the show where I almost stopped playing because the crowd was just so intense. Um, and I'm so glad that we captured it on, on, you know, on film. When did you record that? Oh, uh, we recorded it, um, back in probably about six months ago, we recorded it. And, uh, I was. I just came back from LA to look and hear the mix and see the you know the edit and everything, and it was just it was so intense and it brought me back to yeah I remembered this stuff you know, and, uh, and those people are so passionate down there about their music, and uh, it's you know it's, like I said it was just such a great uh, intense performance and. Like I said, I almost stopped once or twice just because the crowd was just that intense. And when is that DVD supposed to be out? Well, I think we're, we're trying to get this uh, out in the next month or so, but uh, it, it may go a little longer. I don't have an actual street date for it, but I could get that to as soon you as, as, soon as, as soon as I know it. And um, are you working on a new studio album with
0: Anthrax as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, we have a, we have about 16 songs now, and um I just want to keep writing more songs. My goal is to have 20 songs, and now that I see I have about 16, um, I do have more. So I, 20 is, is, when I had six, and I was thinking about 20, I was like, ooh man, I don't know if that's achievable, but now that we have 16 songs, 20 doesn't seem that far off. You mentioned, um, talking
0: to Dave, uh, a little while ago, uh, when was the first time that you met him in the band and, uh, what's, uh,
1: that relationship like? First time I met him was, uh, in the back of Alpine Valley and I was just hanging out and I was kind of nervous to meet him, but then as soon as I met him, the nerves were gone because he was just so approachable and, uh just talked for a bit and talked about this and that and a couple of other things. And the, the, the one thing we talked about was South American audiences and, um, and, uh, you know, just things like that. And then the next time I talked to him, which was like probably a year or two after that, we talked about his wine, which I loved. And I'm, always turn people on to his wine when they, because they hear Dave Matthews' wine, dude, really? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 really. You should really taste one of these, and especially the, the crush, uh, one that to me is, is the best one. And when I turn them onto it, they just give me this face like, this is fucking good. <laughs> I'm like, I told you.
0: <laughs> so was Dave, um, familiar with, uh, you and, uh, your music?
1: I think he knew, he knew, but, uh, um, I don't think he's, you know, such a, you know, a big, big, you know, fan. He he probably knows this and that and, and some of the other stuff, but maybe now he's more aware of it, you know. But I don't see him busting out an Anthrax cover during this next <laughs> tour.
0: <laughs> probably not, but you never know.
1: No. But you never know. That would be right. that be pretty cool.
0: Have you ever tried to get to Anthrax to to do the opposite and Oh yeah, Dave?
1: yeah, yeah. Where I'm still trying to get these guys to do a version of drive in, drive out. I kind of have a, um, somewhat of a version that I actually did a bit of a demo to. Um, but it's just a question of getting everybody like locked in and to do it. You know,
0: that would be pretty cool. I think that would translate
1: pretty well. That's my, that to me, that song, I think is a, it's probably one that we could pull that one off, even though it does have a little bit of a odd time signature during the middle section. But I'm trying to like straighten it out a bit so it's not in that time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: And it's obscure enough that you could probably get away with it at a concert and, you know, not have the whole crowd go, Oh my god, they're playing Dave Matthews right away.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't even know it until we mentioned it. Well, there'd right. be a few people who would probably say, hey, ah, the song sounds familiar, I know this. But it's not like we can go and do, like, uh, Crash or... Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, ants matching, you know, then...
0: yeah, that... Yeah, uh, that would go over... Uh, that would be interesting, I bet, to see the reactions on that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so other than Drive In, Drive Out, what are... Um...
1: Some of your favorite Dave Matthews songs? Of course, Too Much is, is another one of my favorites. Um, like I said, a lot of those songs from the first three records, Just, there's something about those songs that uh, that just hit me. You know what I mean? And um, like I said, the Blue Brooks album, I think from start to finish, is just awesome. And actually, when the last album came out, uh, Away From The World, um, When I was talking to Dave outside of one of the shows, like in backstage areas of one of the shows, I was asking him about the next record, which would be Away From The World, and he said, it's really a bit darker than the last record. Um, and that was the first thing I've ever heard about it. You know, I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be like a Rocks Part 2, but I knew they were working with Steve Lillywhite again. And then I asked him about it, and he said, it's a very, it's a darker record. So I didn't know exactly what he meant, if he meant, uh, you know, lyrical content or just the songs in general. And then when I got it and listened to it, I kind of understood what he meant by it's a darker sounding record. It's
0: definitely more low key. I mean, Grugrux was so, um, you know, rock and, and upbeat and, and intense and almost uh, polished, uh, you know. Right. And Away From The World is very, you know, there's not a lot of rock and songs on it. It's uh, you know it's very textured and subtle, um, and they're both good in their own way. But they were, you could tell they were going for something completely different than what they had done on the previous album.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, why why do you think it went that in that direction? I mean, because there's songs on there that are like "Rooftop" is a you know is an up upbeat mm-hmm. song. Yeah, um, there's a couple there
0: at the end where it starts to pick up, but especially the first half of the record is you know a very slow burn. Um, I know Dave has said, you know, just in interviews, that part of it was just his, you know, general pessimism about the way the the world is heading, and you can picture that in in a lot of the lyrics of the album. But I also think that you know they went through such a difficult time losing Roy and everything else that was going on with the within the band um, before Grugrox came out, and th- I feel like they felt like they had to make a really positive, upbeat statement that, you know, we're here, we're here to stay with Grugrux, and then um, a couple years later, they had time to do a little more reflection and um, Away from the World is what came out of that. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, my first listen to it, it didn't, of course, it didn't hit me like the way Grugrux did, you know what I mean? When I put that, when I got that and put it on, boom, it was immediate, you know what I mean? I loved it immediately. And then when I got away from the world, you know, usually the way I listen to music is either I'm putting it on in my car and I go for a drive. And like this one was a bit, it wasn't going to be a, one of those records you hear first listen and love. It was going to be something that you needed to kind of get into it. You know what I mean? For, for a bit. And then, um, and then, you know, one week, I'd be digging this one song and uh, you know, next week I'd be into these other two songs, you know, they would be like my favorites. I think that one song that I loved right away was, I think it's called snow outside. Yeah. That's one of my favorites too. I love that. Rooftop were the first
0: two. I like the best.
1: Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's just one of those songs that's like, Oh yeah, I like this one. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, then, the I think my least favorite song would probably be the most obvious song, the one that sounds a bit like uh, Cameo or Prince. It was the second song.
0: Um, the second one is... It has Horns, like a lot of oh, horns. The, oh, uh, Belly, Belly, Nice. Yeah, I think that yeah. was like my least favorite tune off the record. Um, I like it, but it doesn't really fit with everything
1: else. It doesn't fit with everything else, exactly. It's like... Uh, it's almost like a B side
0: or like they finished or I don't, I don't think this is what happened, but it's kind of like they had this album and they said, we need something that has that signature Dave Matthews band sound. Let's, you know, let's put this on there and put it up front. Just wanted to know what else is keeping you busy these days aside from, um, your Dave Matthews fandom and, uh, work on new anthrax projects.
1: Uh, it, you know, in in my spare time, I like to... There's other songs that I have that don't really fit in the anthrax uh, sound or style. And uh, these songs are, you know, somewhat acoustic and could be almost in that Dave Matthews vein, you know what I mean? Because um, I, I have so many other songs uh, acoustically, you know, um, that someday I just... I want to do a, a a type of record where I have different singers sing on some of these songs. And uh, I would love to approach Dave and say, check these out. Maybe, you know, he'd be interested because you never know. You know, he's always collaborating here and there with people. And I think maybe something on this side may, may who knows, maybe it would intrigue him. So who knows, you know, you never know where, the, you know, these musical trains will take you maybe we'll both get off at the same stop well charlie thank you very much for your time today i really appreciated it it was great to talk to you thanks well, i really appreciate this and uh, um thanks for the opportunity